Got two words for you, grace and peace. All right, boy, it's great to be here this morning. This has been a wonderful family morning. Those of you who are visiting, we're glad you're here, especially if you're visiting from in town, you live around here, we hope you'll find uh, this to be a place that you can be encouraged and uh, that you can get to know other Christians and find a church family to be a part of. Before we get into our text, our time is going to be abbreviated, by the way, uh, in my sermon this morning because of our lengthy beginning. But before we get into our text, I just want to remind you guys, this Wednesday morning, I'm going to be going to the Mescalero Care Center, and I get to do that every couple of months. Uh, The churches in town, we all share that responsibility, and so our turn comes along every so often. And this Wednesday, I'll be leaving the parking lot at 915 and we get back about 11.15, and if you would like to go to the Mescalero Care Center this Wednesday morning, uh, come and meet me here at Gateway, and we'll go together. It's a, it's a really encouraging ministry to get to be a part of. Philip Yancey, Philip Yancey is a author of Christian books. Maybe some of you have read some of his books. Great author. He tells a story about, about one of his friends named Tom, and he and Tom went to high school together, then they went to college together. When they were in college, they sowed their wild oats, if you will. He had lots of memories of them spending evenings and nights drunk and making decisions that he was ashamed of later. Philip gave his life to the Lord, became a follower of the Lord, an author, uh, I believe a pastor to church, but Tom did not. Tom spent his life continuing in that lifestyle, partying and having a great time and and uh, doing a lot of things that that he would be ashamed of as well, until one day when something that he considered amazing happened. His live-in girlfriend at the time had a crisis in her life, and she said, I want to go to church. Well, he reluctantly agreed to go ahead and go with her. He got up on that Sunday morning, and he pulled his guitar down, and, and he just started playing, and, and he remembered back when he was in high school, he remembered that he was in a worship band, and he started playing a few chords, and he called back to memory some of those favorite songs that he had that he and Philip and others in their youth group had played together. And so that morning, he played the chords, and he hummed the, the tunes, and he began to sing some of the words to some worship songs, three specific songs that he loved when he was going to church and following Christ. His girlfriend said, those are beautiful. What are those? And so he began to tell her about the songs. He told her what they were and that there was a time in his life when those three songs had meant a lot to him. They chose at random a church to go to out of the phone book. They showed up. Worship began. And to Tom's amazement, the worship leader chose those three songs that morning to sing for worship. And it touched Tom's heart so much that he turned his whole life around. See, we've been studying the book of Jonah, and we said, you can run away from God if you want to. You can go ahead and run away, but here's a little secret. God knows where you're going. And it's not so much that God chases us, that he runs right behind us or after us. He just goes to the place we're going, and he waits for us to get there, just like he did Jonah. And he meets us at that spot. And that morning, Tom had been running from God for decades. And God knew he would be there at that church. So God just met him there. And he showered his grace 
on Tom. He and his girlfriend gave their lives to Christ and they got married and, and they gave their lives to follow Christ. They're followers of Christ as far as when the, the book was written that Philip Yancey wrote. God may have known you were going to be here today. Some of you who've been running away from him. He knew you were going to be here today and he knew I would be preaching the book of Jonah. And he just came here to meet you because he knew you were running this direction. Don't you love stories of God's grace? Don't you love it? Aren't you glad we serve a God that is full of grace and he's eager to give it to anyone? Don't you love that? The answer is yes, we love that. And this chapter, Jonah chapter 4, is going to tell us that we also hate it. We hate stories of God's grace. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning. Just thank you, God, so much that you would bless our church family with such, such good leaders. Not perfect leaders. I know all those folks. I don't know them as well as you do, God, but I know they're not perfect. But thank you that you gave us these men to be our shepherds and their wives to stand beside them and, and help them lead, God. Thank you for their good hearts, for their humility. Thank you that they care more about us, about people, that they care more about our spiritual growth than they do about budgets and buildings. Thank you for that, God. I'm grateful as I think about every single one of them that you put them in my life, in my family's life that they've been right here beside me and Amy to help our marriage stay together, that they've been right beside us to help us raise Raina and get her launched, that they've been beside us to help us raise Josh. Thank you for this family, God. So grateful. Lord, as our habit is to pray for another church each week, today I just want to pray for our neighbors right next door, the Methodist church right across the parking lot. And God, in the name of Jesus, I just want to ask you to work there today. I pray that you'd be with Judy as she preaches from your word. And I pray, God, that, that she would proclaim boldly the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. We believe that the power to salvation is the gospel. And so we pray that it's preached in every church in this town. Proclaim boldly. And we pray that people will respond to that story, that message, that truth. God, as we studied this pretty tough chapter, to be honest, Lord, I kind of wish you'd have ended this book differently, God. But, but you didn't. I guess that's your business, it's not mine. So as we study Jonah chapter 4, may the Holy Spirit teach us. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight. We pray it all in the name of Jesus Christ. And everyone said, Amen. Jonah chapter 4. We just left Jonah chapter 3, and what we found in Jonah chapter 3 is that, that Jonah went to preach, and the Ninevites responded. They repented, and God changed his mind. He decided not to destroy the city, and this is what happens in chapter 4 after God makes that decision. Jonah was greatly displeased. He became angry. He prayed to the Lord, oh Lord, is this not what I said when I was still at home? 
That is why I was so quick to flee to Tarshish. I knew, I knew you're a God that's gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger, abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, O oh Lord, take my life, for it's better for me to die than to live. But the Lord replied, have you any right to be angry? Jonah went out and sat down. It, they left out the word pout right here, but I think it should be in there. Jonah went out and sat down at a place east of the city. There he made himself a shelter, sat in its shade, and waited to see what would happen to the city. Then the Lord provided a vine and made it grow up over Jonah to give shade for his head to ease his discomfort. And Jonah was very happy about the vine. But at dawn, the next day, God provided a worm which chewed the vine so it withered. And when the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind. And the sun blazed on Jonah's head, so he grew faint. He wanted to die. He said, it'd be better for me just to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, do you have a right to be angry about the vine? I do. I'm angry enough to die. But the Lord said, you have been concerned about this vine. You didn't tend it, you didn't make it grow, it sprang up overnight, and it died overnight. But Nineveh, Nineveh has more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and many cattle as well. Should I not be concerned about that great city? In chapter 1, we found, as we just said a moment ago, that Jonah ran away from God, and God just met him there. In chapter 2, we found that Jonah run, he ran toward God. Inside the fish, he cried out to God, and we learned there's no place that it's the wrong place to pray. There's no time that's ever like, God doesn't want to hear from me now. No, God is always glad to hear from you no matter where you are. Chapter 3, God gave Jonah a second chance, and he runs with God. He takes the message back to Nineveh. And when they respond, when they repent, in chapter four, Jonah is going to find himself running against God. And it's possible for that to happen in our lives. See, Jonah reminds us that all of us, every single one of us, we love that story about Tom, every single one of us want God's grace in our life, but we can get offended when we see God showing grace to people who don't deserve it. I cannot believe that person just came into the church. Did, did, you, see, did you see that person? That's that person that's greedy. That person cheated me out of money. That person stole from me. That person overcharged me. Can you believe they're here? They don't deserve God's grace. <gasps> that look at that couple coming in. That's a same-sex relationship, and they're coming into our church and sitting down. They do not deserve God's grace. What are they doing here? Look at, look at that. That person just got out of jail, and they want to walk in here and sit down like nothing happened? Give me a break. By the way, just in case you want to practice a little bit of what we're talking about today or this week, Alex Wilson gets out of jail tomorrow morning. We've been, yeah. <laughs> it may not be that every single person in here is clapping about that. 
we're going to do what the Bible tells us to. This Wednesday night, part of what we're going to do, it's not going to be the whole Wednesday night, but part of what we're going to do is we're going to throw a party for Alex. We're going to have a cake that says, welcome home, Alex, we love you. And if there's something inside of you in your gut that feels like the big brother, that you don't like that very much, then Jonah chapter 4 is for you. Sorry to say, it's for you. That's why God put it in the Bible. See, we think we know how God should dispense his grace. We think we've got that figured out. And if you think you've got a handle on that, I encourage you to open up to the book of Luke. And just read the stories in the book of Luke. This week, just open up Luke and read the stories. I'm going to give you a modern-day John Duncan little version of each one of these real quickly. Here's Luke chapter 18, a story of grace. You know what it's about? It's about a hell's angel member who bows in humility. And it's also about a deacon or a deaconess who's so full of pride that they go home unjustified while the hell's angel member is justified. There's a story in Luke chapter 10 about the person that you, I'm talking about you right here sitting here today, that you hate from the other political party. You know the one I'm talking about? Not your political party, the other political party. And you hate them. You know the one I'm talking about? Luke chapter 10 tells a story about that person and that person stops on the road to help the guy and do what God tells us to. And your political party guy, he rushes to an important meeting and goes right past the person. Luke chapter 16, that's a good one. It's a story about a homeless person who is unwilling to get a job that person in that story goes to heaven. And the responsible, hardworking business owner goes to hell in that story. Luke chapter 15, certainly not least, probably one of the best stories ever, is about an alcoholic, cocaine-snorting, prostitute-hiring, spoiled brat who comes home and is accepted. And his hardworking volunteer brother at the church stays out in the cold by himself. I got to tell you guys something. I think all of those are horrible stories. Those are horrible stories. Who would tell stories like that? A guy named Jesus. A guy named Jesus tells those stories. He blows our mind every time with stories of God's grace. By, this is how he does it. You read his stories. He makes the wrong person the hero almost every time. It drives me nuts. And that's what God has done to Jonah here in chapter 4. And Jonah hates it. Get this in his gut way down. He hates what God has done here. He sits on the edge of the city pouting, hoping maybe God will change his mind again. Maybe he'll destroy the city. He said he wouldn't, but maybe he will. And it's hot where he's sitting. It's modern-day Iraq. So he builds a little shelter over himself with some wood. And the cool thing is, that God provides a plant that gives him shade. And for the first time in the whole book, get this, for the first time in the whole book, Jonah is happy. He hasn't been happy in four chapters, and now for the first time, Jonah is happy. Why is he happy? Because he is comfortable. I gotta tell you something. There's nothing wrong with being comfortable. 
not a bad thing to be comfortable. In fact, the text says God provided the comfort for Jonah. It's only when your comfort gets in the way of God's call, when your comfort gets in the way of God's mission in this world, that's when comfort becomes a problem. And Jonah is committed to his own comfort. In fact, he's not just committed. Jonah is so consumed with his own comfort that God consumes his comfort by providing a worm and by providing a hot east wind. Why would God do that to Jonah and perhaps do that to some of us so that we can wake up to his calling, so that we can wake up to his mission? The book ends with a question. Such a strange way to end a book. I had one guy this week, and I, I understand that he would say this. I'm not sure if he's here or not today, but, but he said, your poster about Jonah, I don't like it because it ends with you know, you run from God, run toward God, run with God. And then you said it ends with run against God. I don't like that. Why don't you end run with God? And I said, because the book ends run against God. I didn't write the book. God wrote the book. And he ends with this question for every one of us to think about. Basically, God says to Jonah, look, you're concerned about temporary matters about your comfort, about your opinions, about the way you think things ought to go. But God says, I'm concerned about eternal matters. I'm concerned about people. About people that I made in my image. That's what I'm concerned about. And so God's question that he ends the book with, should I not be concerned with that great city? It's meant to challenge not just Jonah, it's meant to challenge us. All of us sitting here today, it's meant to challenge us to consider carefully, is my attitude toward people matching up with God's attitude toward people? Because I gotta be honest with you guys, I've been a convicting study for me, and I am oftentimes more concerned with my food getting here now than I am with the waitress that is carrying it to me. I don't care that much about her life and what's going on with her. I care about my food. I want to eat. I'm hungry. I'm paying good money for this. I care more about how long the line is than I do the people in the line. But God doesn't. God cares about the waitress. He doesn't care about my food. Not very much. He doesn't care about how long the line is. He cares about the people in the line. I care more about the price of gasoline than I do the people in the country where we buy the gasoline from. But God doesn't. God cares about the people in that country. I think he might say to us, should I not be concerned about that great city? In those moments, God might ask us to realize and think about and, and focus on and, and, and just imagine for a moment. Do you realize there's only one thing you can take with you to heaven? And that's people. You can't take anything else. And I was thinking this week, I, I, would, I just look forward to meeting Jonah someday. Don't you guys look forward to meeting the people in the Bible? Like to get to go up and like give them a high five or a hug or shake their hand or ask them, you know, why'd you do that, you know? Or thank you for doing that. I did that too, you know? I want to find out about more details from Jonah about the whole story and about the fish and, and, and the vomit. Oh, man, I mean, I just want to find out about all that stuff. And I just imagined myself this week, you know, like hanging out with Jonah 
And he says, well, come on, John, let's go. Come on over to my house. You know, Jesus prepared a place for me, and come have a seat. Sit down over here. And we go in, and we sit down in his house, and there's people, like, going in and out, and they're giving him hugs, and they're giving him high fives, and, and they're talking for a while, and then they leave. And I just say, Jonah, <laughs> who are all these folks? Who are all these people? And he goes, oh, these? These are Ninevites. That's who these are. They're my enemy. They were my enemy. I hated their guts. And I hated what God did. But you know who they are now? They're the people that I stand shoulder to shoulder with and worship the King of Kings for all eternity. So this month, I've asked you to join me in these cards right here. The one card, and if you, don't, if you didn't get a one card, you can just get your own piece of paper. You can write a person's name on here. Because God cares about every one. So I've challenged all of us to choose one that we will take the message to, that we will encourage, that we'll pray for, that we'll invite, that we'll do something creative, that we'll warn, that we'll send a letter to, that we'll give a gift to, that we'll do whatever it takes that we might come along God and the work he's doing in the one. And I look forward, if I don't get to do it on this earth, I look forward on those streets when we're hanging out. I look forward to getting to introduce you to this. I, I didn't choose one. I chose two. I chose two because God put two on my, on my heart. So I, I just look forward to introducing you to these two people. And I look forward to you saying, John, you remember that time when you had that dumb idea about those little cards? This is the lady. This is her. Yeah. Way to go, God. God's working. He's working powerful in people's lives around us. And we get to join him. Maybe today you want to pray for your one. I mean, maybe you've got your one. And maybe you don't have a card, but you've got your one and you want to pray for that person. We did that all together last week. We all gathered in little groups and we prayed for our, our cards. But maybe you need to do that this morning. There'll be our shepherds here at the front or at the back. You can find one of them, find one of their wives. You can pray with them. Maybe some of you need to respond because your attitude is like Jonah's. You are running against God because you believe, you know how he should dispense his grace. Maybe you want to come with some more humility and let God be God. If you need to do that today, we're going to stand and we're going to sing this great worship song to the King of Kings. Let's do it. Let's stand and let's sing.